This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Thank you for joining us here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino. Today on Where Parents Talk, a topic affecting millions of parents and teachers here and around the world. In Ontario, it's a case of addition by subtraction. The latest scores on standardized math tests in this province revealed a failing mark for grade 6 students with only 47% meeting the provincial standard. The results are part of an ongoing downward trend which also saw declining test scores for grade 3 and grade 9 math students compared to 2018 numbers. Curriculum changes in 2020 and unprecedented learning disruptions caused by the pandemic are being blamed for the decline. Add to this equation the Ontario government's planned solution, earmarking more than $360 million to support parents with private tutoring supports for their children. Our guest today understands both the problem and solution intimately. He spent almost 30 years teaching math to middle and high school students. He's also an author, teacher trainer, and consultant. Larry Martinick developed the specific method of teaching math that is behind Mathnasium, a 20-year-old company that provides supplemental math education. Mathnasium has more than 1,000 learning centers around the world, including more than 89 locations in Canada alone. Larry Martinick is the Chief Instructional Officer at Mathnasium, and he joins us today from Los Angeles. Thank you so much for being here. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for having me. This is a wonderful opportunity. Let's start with the current state. What do you believe has contributed to math being such a pain point and struggle for so many kids today? At its root, uh, one of the major problems is the uh, lack of people going into, into the uh, math teaching profession. And so many kids are instructed uh, in the U.S. and in Canada, I'm well aware, by folks who are not credentialed math teachers. I got to tell you, they're doing a great job against all odds, but it's not the same as having a person who, you know, who's dedicated their career to, you know, going to college, getting a degree in math, in, uh, getting a, a credential, and then going out and teaching. Also, bless their hearts, elementary teachers are some of the hardest working folks I've ever worked with, but most of them are are not math or science majors, and so um, they are not as inclined toward the math and science as they are toward the liberal arts. Also, the panorama of what's been, been going on since, well, roughly about 1960, in terms of changing curriculum, seems like we change curriculums every six or seven years, whether we need to or not. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, causing a massive confusion among, uh, you know, regular math teachers. And you know, for people who are not, you know, that's not their, you know, their number one calling in life, um, it has made it very difficult for them to uh, perform in the classroom. So quite a lot of factors that you've just outlined there. And I know in the province that I live in, in Ontario, uh, in Toronto, um, the math scores provincially uh, continue to go down. In fact, the latest reports have shown another decrease in provincial math testing scores. So uh, the government has now uh, given incentives to families to buy, you know, get tutors and get extra help. They're actually sure. giving families money. When you hear about the declining math scores on standardized tests, what runs through your mind, given your extensive background in this space? Well, I wish we could do it all in school, but the job is so big that it, can, it can't be done completely in school. 
with scores declining. And this is in, uh, not just the last couple of years. I mean, this is a long-term trend, both in the U.S. and in Canada. We've got an awful lot of work to do ahead of us. Mathnasium has a wonderful luxury that a, a classroom it, that I didn't have and no one has as a classroom teacher. And that is when we instruct students, um, an, an instructor, they will sit one-on-one -on -one with that person while they're working with them. As a classroom teacher, there's not that luxury of being able to, you know, we've got to impact all of our kids all the time. This is what's made Mathnasium as uh, successful and, and has really fired our growth through, through the last two decades has been that one-on-one -on -one attention the kids get. Um, also, the fact that schools, be, you know, by the, the very nature of the structure, you know, if you've got a seventh grade student who's fundamentally working, say, at the fourth grade level, which is not sadly not an, an uncommon phenomenon, a classroom teacher in a class, you know, in a classroom with kids of all these different levels has a very difficult job compared to a mathnasium instructor who's working. Uh, we do an assessment, so we meet the kids where they're at. If classroom teachers had that ability, it would be a very different panorama out there. You are listening to Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in conversation with Larry Martinick, Chief Instructional Officer at Mathnasium. Now, Larry, take us through your aha moment as it relates to coming up with the Mathnasium method what did that look like? I was in my fifth year of teaching, which would have been 1979. I got the greatest news of all time, and that was I found out I was going to be a parent. And I remember stopping dead in my tracks one day at school going, how does a human being learn math? I mean, not how, not how do you add and subtract and you know, all the, the mechanical skills, but how does one become a math thinker? As my son Nick was born, and his first four years of life, um, I started to understand that there is a way to approach this um, that, well, it's become now the Mathnasium method. And the, uh, the big emphasis is on, well, you got a kid who's four years old. You know, most people think that, you know, you can't do any serious math with a kid like that. But it turns out that that's not at all the case. And we have a, a pre-K program at Mathnasium where we, we use a lot of the elements I used with Nick to uh, get kids off to a tremendous start. But that aha moment that I had was when I realized that uh, what I've been doing as a classroom teacher really didn't work with with a, um, uh, a young child who didn't have any mathematical experience. One of the cornerstones of the Mathnasium method is the amount of uh, mental and verbal work we do with kids. You know, math is often thought of pretty much as a written phenomenon, but uh, long before you do any writing, you've got to think the math. And so our emphasis is initially on uh, on the mental component and the visual component. Let me give you, a, if I may, a real quick example. Uh, how much is 99 plus 99 plus 99? A lot of folks, when they hear that question, basically try to think of it as, as a written problem, 99 over 99, 99, and do it as a column addition problem in their head. That's exactly uh, what I'm doing right now, Larry. <laughs> and welcome to what most most, most adults do. I've, I've done this in many, many parent uh, evenings that I do. Um, but the way we look at it, hey, 99 plus 99 plus 99, well, golly, that's almost 100 plus 100 plus 100. Well, that's easy, 300, but there was a little bit extra in there. Three extra, in fact. So 300 minus three is 297, and you're all done. We're going to do that with kids long before we get to the written part of math. So the kids are already um, have a groove, if you will, in dealing with numbers. And that's something that, unfortunately, well, Mathnasium's number one product uh, ultimately is number sense. That is really understanding how numbers work. You know, not just the mechanics of it, but actually the sense of it all. In fact, before Mathnasium existed, uh, the program that Nick and I developed, it was now called the Mathnasium Method, was called Math Awareness, because that awareness piece is what I believe is the missing element in pretty much the, the panorama worldwide 
the experience that I have and that the, my team has at, at Mathnasium headquarters, uh, we've been in very about every classroom situation you can imagine. And we bring that wisdom to how, how we develop materials and, and very importantly, how we train our instructors to not just be, you know, teach kids mechanics, but to teach kids actually how to think math, which bestows on them the ability to do the mechanics from a, a position of under actually understanding it as opposed to just kind of praying that it's going to be right. You're five years into your teaching career. You have this aha moment. How do you go about constructing a method and how long did that take you? I started observing first how Nick thought about things. Then I realized that he had a very different take on how to think math. So I started encouraging him with that, but I also started including some of these things that we did together into my own teaching method. All along this time, Nick's growth in math just skyrocketed, largely because he had this incredible understanding of numbers by about age seven. And that same level of, of understanding we're able to get in, in kids. Kids come to us as uh, seven-year-olds. By the time they're nine-year-olds, uh, they're completely transformed in terms of how they approach this whole thing called mathematics. Larry, I'm wondering if you could articulate how does Mathnasium and the Mathnasium method change the way that kids, people think about math? In what ways does that happen? Well, that example I just gave you of the 99 business you know, is, is a good uh, window into the, this process. You know, most kids wouldn't, wouldn't encounter a problem like that except on paper. The first thing we do with kids is to do a, an appropriate assessment for them. The first thing we do in that assessment process is ask the student a series of oral questions. We start to get a feel for where this kid is. I mean, is this kid uh, math phobic or th is this kid, you know, math lover? What's, what's the deal here? And, and get an idea of which one of our assessments, uh, full-blown full assessments, is going to be appropriate for that, for that student. Worldwide, about 80% of the kids that come to us need some form of fairly serious remediation. A deep dive was done into Mathnasium social media last year, uh, and they rounded up pretty much every reference to math to Mathnasium they could find on the on the internet that parents had done. And the interesting thing, well, the, several interesting things came out of that. But the, the one that really jumped out at me was twenty seven percent of the time, uh, parents described their child's experience at Mathnasium as fun. A real simple proposition that I've always worked from, and that is that learning is fun. Not learning is not fun. And kids know the difference. Meeting kids where they where they're at. That what that means is the first thing we give them is going to be the next thing they need to learn, not something way in the future. Which is unfortunately, and this is a worldwide problem. A seventh grade teacher doesn't have time to remediate fourth grade skills. So when a kid comes to mathematics out of the school system, we're able to you know spend the time that's necessary to fill in those gaps. One question that jumps out as you describe it is. If it works and it's worked so well and there's been an explosion of the learning centers and the Mathnasium method across the world, why aren't more schools, school boards, et cetera, adopting this method if it has proven to be effective? Unfortunately, you may be familiar with the phrase institutional inertia. Basically, what I encountered was, hey, we got this. They didn't, but, that, but publicly, that's what they had to say. School systems, uh, both public and private, by their by their nature, unfortunately, um, have a certain degree of, of resistance to change. By the way, that inertia is, is so severe. Back in 2008, here in the U.S., there was a, a commission that, uh, called the National Math Advisory Panel that the president uh, appointed, and they made a series of recommendations in 2008 for what needed changing in the U.S. All those changes were also appropriate for Canada, by the way. And 
was a big hoopla when, it, when the report came out and then it faded to nothing in the next news cycle. Well, the recommendations that they, they put out, interestingly, were almost parallel perfectly the Mathnasium, the, the Mathnasium method. They laid out exactly what kids are not learning now and what they need, you know, and what changes were needed. Unfortunately, very few institutions heeded the good words that were spoken there in that report from the National Math Advisory Panel. It's time for a short break. More with our guest, Larry Martinick, Chief Instructional Officer at Mathnasium, when Where Parents Talk continues in a moment. Stay with us. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino, and we are talking numbers today, discussing declining math scores which statistics show is a worldwide phenomenon. Larry Martinick designed a method of teaching math which is behind Mathnasium. We live in a decidedly different world than the one in which you developed the Mathnasium method more than 20 years ago. STEM education, which stands for science, technology, engineering, and math, is increasingly important. There's all kinds of future jobs that we don't even know about yet that are going to be based in oh, yeah. fundamental math. Are we at a tipping point or a turning point, do you think, in any way? Well, I think the pandemic has given everybody a real swift kick in the rear end that, that, that things are not have not been okay and they're not okay right now. So yes, there's a real possibility. Um, I think interviews like this, if, you know, if they get wide distribution, will be helpful in that regard because the most influential element in the education industrial complex, if you will, um, are parents. When parents bring um, concern, dare I say it, pressure on systems, that probably is the most effective agent for change. So that's why when, when I saw what you do, Leanne, that's why I was, was very happy and honored to, uh, to have been invited to be on your show, because getting the, the, the word out to parents that, yeah, there is a way to do this. Uh, there's a lot of catch-up needs done now. You know, I mean, before the pandemic, things were not, you know, rosy or anything. You know, now, I mean, everybody's seen what they call the COVID slide and has, you know, ne- negatively impacted just about everybody. Now, you mentioned parents, Larry, and and I'm wondering, like, what would you suggest to a parent who can see that their child is struggling with math? What do you suggest would be an appropriate point for them to turn to for help? And I should mention a lot of parents look at their child's grade three math homework and have absolutely no idea what that entails in many households. So you have the added layer of not being able to help them yourself. So what would you say to that parent in terms of what support they should turn to? Obviously, there are multiple layers of support, some uh, free, some not so free. Um, Whatever um, in-school tutoring that can be done, I think that's going to become a bigger feature in in the, you mentioned it earlier, you know, the government has, the Canadian government has committed, you know, uh, a significant amount of funds to dealing with this, as has been the case in many of the states here in the U.S. And so um, that could be a first line there. And, but again, depending on on exactly what the details, you know, of the problems are, um, going to perhaps a tutor. Um, we make the claim that math, mathnasium experience is better than the tutoring experience for a, a couple of reasons. Um, you know, tutors don't uh, typically pull into um, a student's house with a sophisticated assessment system and 20,000 pages of material to draw on 
to create a program for that kid. Basically, what they're doing is they're uh, getting through tonight's homework and they're getting ready for Friday's test. The tutors basically spend a lot of time kind of hovering over kids. And one of the trainings that we do for mathnasium instructors is how to dis how to give the student a meaningful explanation of what's going on, and then remove the instructor from the situation and give the, the student a a, um, a meaningful task to do on their own, um, and always under the, the instructor's very watchful eye. Um, but I know when I was uh, the many many years that I did tutoring, a lot of the time I was basically sitting there twiddling my thumbs while the student was working. Mathnasium take what that instructor while the student is working on one thing is going to be working with another student and then cycling back to that student. So getting so the, the, again, what I guess what I'm alluding to here is that the individual attention the kids get and either from a tutor or from a place like Mathnasium um, is, is one of the essential ingredients because the if the classroom situation was working for that individual kid, they probably would not be in the, in the state of affairs they are at that moment. Finding professional help. And depending on you know, exactly what the needs of kids are, um, if kids need just mechanics, which is not usually the case, uh, you know, there are other programs that do that very well. There are some programs that emphasize very heavily on problem solving, but not so much on mechanics. At Mathnasium, we want it all. We want our kids to be numerically fluent. That is, they know their number packs, they know the basic algorithms, uh, and also they can apply that in, in a meaningful problem solving environment. Because you mentioned, um, that you know the, the jobs of the future, especially the ones we, we that we don't know that we don't know about, the math that the folks are going to be doing there is going to be primarily problem solving in one form or another. This is where parents talk on 105.9 The Region, and we are talking all things mathematics with Larry Martinick, Chief Instructional Officer at Mathnasium. You talked about one of the big gaps being how teachers are currently trained to teach math. I'm curious as to the feedback as well as the process of how Mathnasium instructors are trained. What's different about that? When we hire someone, uh, the, the first thing, that, the, before we do any training at all with them, the first thing we got to do is pass our math test. So we, we know that they've got the hardcore mathematics on, under their belt. They also have to pass the personality test, if you will. That is, you know, there's a reasonable shot this person would be really good with kids. <laughs> but okay, now to your question. How, how are they trained specifically in the Mathnasium method? Uh, we have an online program that takes uh, folks through um, in, in pretty agonizing detail, the details of a, a curriculum of what's expected at every grade level. Um, and then on top of that, um, I do, in fact, I'm gonna be doing one, um, uh, I did one last week, I'll be doing one in two weeks where um, I, I do four hour sessions with instructors to take them really deep into the Mathnasium method and also, most of our instructors, uh, as you might imagine, are math majors or sci uh, science majors of some sort, or folks who just happen to be very good at math. Um, but everybody needs to uh, to understand how, how curriculum is assembled and also some of the ins and outs of the effects that a teacher's attitude has on student learning. Uh, because I, I learned all of that in my graduate year in um, teaching um, theory classes. Most of our instructors never take a class like that in college because they're 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 not on, necessarily on a teaching track. So uh, having them become deeply familiar both with what they already know and then how to uh, package that for the kids they're going to be working with, and so the it's a lot it, it is a lot of intense personal training that we do we do. I mean I can go through all the you know, media modalities. I mean we um, the Mathnasium method is taught in in five modalities: mental, visual, verbal, tactile, and written. And explaining, going through the details of how each one of those uh, is similar, how they blend into each other, 
Um, all of those things are a part of, the, of our instructor's training um, to, be, to be done pretty much within the first uh, 90 days of their employment. Larry, it's safe to say that you've influenced thousands of people at this point in terms of empowering them when it concerns math. Is there an anecdote, a piece of feedback, something specific that you've received over the years that really stands out for you? <laughs> yeah, I've got a, uh, if I can quickly tell you my, my personal resume. Uh, the first page is a usual cover page. The second and third pages are standard resume. The fourth page under re under references, it says, see next 20 pages. Uh, what I have there is documented from the 70s all the way into the, to the 2020s. Comments from teachers, parents, um, my kids. The one that really stands out was uh, I was working in an inner city high school. The school was in serious dire straits in terms of the, of the educational product that they were delivering. I asked the kids to, at the on their final exam to tell me something they liked and didn't like about the class. And one really, really jumped out at me. A young lady said, the reason I do good in this class is because of the teacher. And that, that was a nice start. But she went on to say, he respects you, so you respect him. A lot of folks I know who are involved in the education business think that respect is a one-way street. It's not. And that's what something that sense of, of dignity and, and respect is something that I really instill in instructors. I need to, to set this in, in place so that uh, someday I'm actually going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> um, Larry, let me ask you really quickly for parents listening and watching, how can a parent tell if their child is struggling in math? Well, certainly attitude is right, you know, right, at, the, right at the forefront of that. You know, I mean, if, if kids are saying, you know, uh, we keep hearing reports of kids saying, you know, I hate that. I'm not a math person, like in the second and third grade. That's very depressing to hear that, needless to say. So one, that's one big clue. Yeah, I mean, the frustration the kids have, you know, doing their homework. You know, homework should be an extension of what went on in the class, not a brand new experience for the kid. And if kids are experiencing it as a brand new phenomenon, that is, they're not connecting what goes on in school to the homework. Uh, that is another uh, really clear sign. Some extra help of some some form is going to be needed. When you see your kids working you know, working on um, on whatever they bring home from school, it, it's probably pretty apparent. Either they're getting, you know, it's getting through to them, or it's not. It's pretty straightforward in that respect. But it's primarily what you know how the kid is projecting what math, the experience that they're having in in doing their homework and you know coming home from school. You know, when a kid comes home and says, "Mom, I really learned something today," you know, that's a yeah, great thing for parents needless to say. You may have heard people walking around saying, "I hate math." Now, fairly common expression. I'm going to make a very bold statement here and say people don't really hate math. What they hate is being frustrated, intimidated, bored, at times embarrassed by math. It's not the math itself that most people dislike. It's the experience that they have in the process of learning the math. Who, who minds knowing you know, um, how to make proper change or how to get a good deal on a car as an adult? You know, the problem is not the math itself. The problem is the delivery system that's been developed around the world in the last, I don't know, 120 years, 125 years when math edu when mass education you know, became a phenomenon. You know, we're not educating just, you know, the children of the elite anymore, but, you know, we're, we're, you know everybody goes to school, you know, and um, we never have really gotten it together so that everybody has not the equal opportunity to be able to uh, benefit from the system. Larry Martinick, Chief Instructional Officer at Mathnasium, author and father, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Thank you so much, Leanna. It was a pleasure being with you.
And that is our time for this edition of Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch the full video version of this interview, as well as the podcast version at whereparentstalk.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. Do send us an email with your feedback or story ideas, info at whereparentstalk.com. The podcast is available on more than 50 different podcast platforms, including 1059theregion.com. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you'll join us next time. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.